What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to go around the conference as we get a return date for Chris Rodriguez at Kentucky. Arkansas loses a player for the season, and we take a look at some of the comments from some of the head coaches ahead of SEC Week 3. We'll also talk with Joey Ikes of Locked on Aggies to find out how things are going in College Station as the Aggies look to bounce back from the worst loss of the Jimbo Fisher. And we're going to talk with Lance Daw, host of Locked on Kentucky, to find out exactly how the Wildcats are feeling following their big win down in the swamp. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And the SEC released their Players of the Week on Monday after a uh, very fun week two of college football in the SEC. Their Offensive Player of the Week was Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, which I found was an interesting pick because on our Winners of the Week segment, I didn't have Hendon in there. He played well. He played as well as I thought he would. would. So maybe I'm holding Hendon Hooker to a higher standard. Uh, Played very well, but the SEC named him Offensive Player of the Week in the conference. Defensive Player of the Week, they had Kentucky linebacker Jordan Wright, who had the big pick six, and uh, Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders, who played very well for the Razorbacks in their win over South Carolina. Special Teams Player of the Week, who else? Alabama kick, uh, punter, or sorry, kicker, place kicker, Will Reichert, who hit the game winner against the Texas Longhorns. Freshman of the Week was Kentucky wide receiver Dane Key, who was phenomenal down in the swamp. O-lineman of the Week, Mississippi State Center LaQuinston Sharp and Arkansas Center Ricky Stromberg. And Defensive Lineman of the Week, big Byron Young, defensive end at Tennessee who was uh, wreaking havoc there in overtime on Pitt. So there you go. Those are your players of the week. Now some big news for Kentucky ahead of uh, their upcoming games in the next couple weeks. Kentucky will have Chris Rodriguez back for October 1st. It was announced uh, that will be their game on the road at Ole Miss. Rodriguez has been out. We just didn't really know when he would be back. We know he had the DUI arrest back in May pled guilty to the charges in July, but there's been rumors of some other things going on with Rodriguez as well. Mark Stoops said on Monday, uh, Chris Rodriguez coming back October 1st. How'd you know? He said, I just found out 10 minutes ago talking with the media. Said uh, Rodriguez doing everything possible to stay sharp with reps and practice, keeping his conditioning up. But uh, Rodriguez last season rushed for 1,300 yards, uh, fifth or uh yeah, fifth on Kentucky's single-season list, nine touchdowns. And uh, we're going to see Chris Rodriguez out there for that monster game for Kentucky coming up on October 1st at Ole Miss. Meanwhile, over at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher still trying to figure out what went wrong this past week with Appalachian State losing to them 17-14. to Jimbo meeting with the media on Monday, assigned uh, much of the blame for the loss to the offense. He said, when you give up just 17 points, you expect to win the game. We did not execute to the level we needed to execute to win that game. I'm very disappointed in how we played and how we did. We had opportunities to win. 
and should have played much better. We have to practice better and play better. Now, in his press conference, Fisher added that the Aggies possibly could make a change at quarterback either this week against number 13 Miami or in the near future. He also said he would consider handing off play-calling duties if he believes that's what will benefit the team the most. So certainly a few things to keep an eye on there. Now, during AM's media session with the players on Monday, some interesting comments from the players. Senior wide receiver Anaya Smith said, quote, there were times when people on this team were not bought in. You could see it in practice, and it showed in the game. Senior DB Damani Richardson agreed with him, saying that's a true statement. Guys could buy in more. We have to do a better job as leaders. So not good when you were the preseason number six team in the country and you got players not bought into what you're putting down. Paul Feinbaum taking a shot at Jimbo on Monday, saying, uh, you know, was A&M going to be the third best team in the SEC this year? I'm not here to make fun of Jimbo Fisher. His record does that already. But um, Paul Feinbaum cracking jokes. Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, the battle uh, at their quarterback spot still ongoing. Lane Kiffin said the team is close to making a final decision. If you remember, they started Jackson Dart week one. They started uh, Luke Altmeyer in week two. And uh, Kiffin talked about Luke Altmeyer, who sustained an injury in the game over Central Arkansas where he left early. He said, Luke was out there today. I think he'll be all right. We're just going to push forward the way we've been going. We'll figure out who goes first at some point later in the week. Kevin did say he was pleased uh, with both passers. He said both guys did some good things. So we will see what happens when they go to Georgia Tech this Saturday afternoon. Some people think it's going to be Dart. Look, if Altmaier's still a little banged up from the game this past week, it would make sense to go with Jackson Dart. But look, Altmaier played pretty well in the time he was in there. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart and his Bulldogs uh, continuing to roll 2-0, coming off the national championship uh, win last year. Up to number one in that AP poll, and offense looking pretty good, but they did take a hit on Saturday when uh, wide receiver A.D. Mitchell left the game with an ankle injury on the first play. Yesterday, Smart said his status for the upcoming game will be looked at on a day-to-day basis, adding that he, he did not practice on Monday. It's a home game against South Carolina coming up. Getting Mitchell back in the fold would be big for the Bulldogs. Uh, Smart did say Spencer Radler uh, gave him his props, said he's got a great receiving core. He said the quarterback has an elite ability to throw the deep ball. He can throw the ball over 70 yards, stretch the field. He's an athlete. So when you start talking about, like when we played against Bo Nix, we know Bo can throw the ball, Bo can scramble. He's a guy that can move around. You have to be disciplined. You're going to have to have probably five to six snaps where you've got to use scramble rules. You've got to plaster, take shots down the field, and you got to win 50-50 balls. So a little early scouting report for the Georgia Bulldogs taking on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Georgia has won two straight series, leads the all-time matchup 53-19-2, and they're listed around a 24.5-point favorite, according to our friends over at Bet Online. Over at Auburn, uh, Brian Harson, his team, 2-0, and they are gearing up for Penn State this week. Veteran linebacker Owen Papo talking with the media about Penn State, uh, Penn State coach James Franklin's comments earlier Monday that he wanted to recruit and sign Owen Papo. Papo talked about that time and uh, said, very much looking forward to playing Penn State, uh, trying to avenge last year's 28-20 loss. Papo said, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not trying to treat it like the Super Bowl. Just trying to make a better mark than I did last year. Papo was asked about the difference between the SEC and the Big Ten. He said the Big Ten does more 
cut blocking, which he doesn't respect. He said the last two Big Ten opponents that we came up short, a lot of motivation going into this game. We got something to prove. Now, as for Brian Harson, he talked about his team's performance over the weekend. He says, I got to coach better. I got to make sure that we play cleaner. We operate better. He did compliment Auburn's home crowd last week, saying uh, they were the difference maker with causing false starts and a goal line stand. He said, that's what playing at Auburn should be like. It should be really, really challenging for the opposing team. As for Arkansas, Sam Pittman and his crew looking to keep things rolling. They jump in into the top 10 this week in the AP poll. Sam Pittman said, rankings don't mean much this time of year. Uh, or other coaches saying they don't mean much this time of year. But Sam Pittman begging to differ. He uh, said, I tweeted out that we were number 10. And I got some responses like, well, it doesn't matter. He said, I ain't tweeting it to the media or a 50-year-old man. I'm trying to use this for recruiting, man. I'm trying to recruit. We're proud of it. Sure, we're proud of it. So uh, Sam Pittman saying, hell yeah, we're going to use that to our benefit. We jump into the top 10. We're going to take pride in that. We're not trying to impress anybody else. Uh, they did find out some news, though, on Jalen Catalan, a friend of our show we had on uh, this offseason. Bad news as he is reportedly going to be out for the season again with a shoulder injury that will require surgery. He did not take the field on Saturday in their win over South Carolina. Um, just been a big leader of theirs. Went to uh, SEC Media Days a few weeks back, had high expectations coming in this year. The junior defensive back was a preseason All-SEC and All-American selection by Phil Steele. Played in their game week one against Cincinnati, recording eight tackles, five of which were solo. But uh, Jalen Catalan reportedly out for the rest of the year. Now, as for uh, Florida, the Florida Gators, they had a tough loss on Saturday night to the Kentucky Wildcats. Not the best outing for Anthony Richardson, who, uh, of course, was getting some Heisman buzz just a week ago, and that came crashing down as he only completed 14 of 35 passes for 143 yards and two interceptions. His head coach, Billy Napier, went to the podium on Monday, said, look, this guy's a competitor. He's motivated. He's going to take full advantage of the experience he's had, both good and bad. So expect better play moving forward from Anthony Richardson. The Gators ranked number 18 in this week's uh, AP Top 25. They will uh, head home or stay home this weekend for a game against South Florida. Now, Napier said, look, the level of detail that we can offer the players throughout the week, meetings, walkthroughs, and practice, got to try to position it in a better place for Saturday. This team is sticking together. I love how this group wants to do it for the team. Meanwhile, over at South Carolina on Monday, they announced Muhammad, linebacker Muhammad Kaba and defensive end Jordan Strand both suffered ACL injuries in Saturday's loss and will miss the rest of the season. Shane Beamer said, I'm extremely disappointed and heartbroken for both of those young men. They both worked really hard to prepare for this season. Beamer did have some positive news, though, on the injury front. Uh, defensive lineman Alex Huntley uh, looks to be okay moving forward. DB R.J. Roderick practice Sunday should be back for week three. And wide receiver Corey Rucker could potentially be available as well. It'll be uh, South Carolina against Georgia on Saturday in a noon Eastern game at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia. Over at uh, Tennessee, their defensive back Wesley Walker recently shared his thoughts on his transition from Georgia Tech to Rocky Top. And safe to say, he's happy with the move. He said, quote, no disrespect to Georgia Tech, but everything here is just more professional. Quite a uh, knock at his former school. But uh, Josh Heupel saying, look, obviously we did not play our best in some areas in the win over Pitt, but we found a way to come out on the right side. Last year we would have had 
we would have been would not have been able to win a game like that game against Pitt. We were not relentless when things weren't going our way. We had to improve that. I'm grateful we had to overcome some of those mistakes to win this game. That's a good thing for our guys to experience. Meanwhile, over at LSU, Brian Kelly talking about taking on Mike Leach and Mississippi State this weekend. Kelly said tackling well is not the only key to slowing down the air raid attack. He said you must have great situational awareness, even compared it to preparing for like a triple option in terms of how it's set up and executed. Meanwhile, on defense, Kelly said the Bulldogs are veteran and salty with several juniors and seniors playing in at 3-3-5. Mississippi State, they're preparing for the uh, LSU Tigers coming off a 2-0 start. Bulldogs have wins over Memphis and Arizona. Mike Leach talking with the media about preparing for LSU. He said, look, they're a little bit tough to evaluate from a standpoint. They got a lot of new faces. They were big in the transfer portal, so we'll see how all those guys turn out. I think it's still unfolding. As for Jaden Daniels, who played in the Pac-12 the last few years, Mike Leach said, good player. He can definitely help himself out with his feet when coverage breaks down. He gives you two things to keep track of with his arm as well. And lastly, Alabama getting ready for their big game uh, or coming off their big win over Texas. Nick Saban talking about turning their sights on Louisiana Monroe in week three. And Nick Saban bringing back up the 2007 season when the Warhawks upset Alabama 21-14. He said, look, history doesn't seem to be on the forefront sometimes. Players seem to respond better to things that affect them. So expect Nick Saban to have his team focused for this weekend against Louisiana Monroe. And just a couple more notes. SEC Nation, they've been to Arkansas for Razorback, the Razorbacks' week one win over Cincinnati. In week two, they were in Nashville for Vandy Wake. Now week three, they're heading to Auburn for their game against Penn State. So they'll be bringing the whole crew out there. And just a couple of highlights announced already for the games on September 24th. In case you missed it, the big CBS game of the week. It's going to be Florida at Tennessee. That's going to be a big one. A couple night matchups. That Arkansas A&M game looms large. That one will be on ESPN. And speaking of Texas A&M coming up next, we're going to talk with our buddy Joey Ikes, host of Locked on Aggies, to get his thoughts on this matchup. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Look, I want to tell you about our friends over at Upside real quick. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why we started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, dines out. With every purchase, we are earning cash back thanks to Upside. If you want to get started, just go download the free Upside app. Use our promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're using on Upside. You check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back when you use Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week across the board. That's probably why they have a 4.8-star rating on the App Store. So if you want to earn cash back, Go download the free Upside app. Use our promo code LOCKED. Again, that gets you 5 bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's 5 bucks or more cash back on your first purchase or more. Use the promo code LOCKED on the Upside app. Going along here, Locked On SEC, and excited to bring this guy in as we uh, talk a little bit about what went wrong in week two. We can't talk about what went wrong in the SEC without talking about with our buddy Joey Ikes of 
Locked on Aggies. Joey, I guess first off, let's start here. How are you holding up? Well, it's a it's a tough couple of days to be uh, to be a Texas A and M football fan for sure, and I'm a Cowboys fan too. So it just it was a wonderful football weekend for us this weekend for sure. All right, well, let's start here, Joey. What's the reaction from Aggie fans been kind of following this loss to to Appalachian State? Well, it, it's not pretty. That's that's for sure, and it's uh, you can't really expect it to be. You know, going as the number six ranked team in the country and and a team that clearly there was a talent discrepancy between the two teams. And, and App State was just able to execute every little detail they had to execute to pull off an upset like what they did. Um, and there's, you know, there's questions about the quarterback. There's questions about the head coach popping up right now. Uh, and so A&M, Aggie Nation, you know, the 12th man really needs something to sort of settle the seas over the course of the next few days here as we roll towards Miami next week. Yeah, and of course it doesn't get any easier. Let me ask you about that run game. What's going on there? Because that's been Jimbo's bread and butter is it just that maybe the offensive line isn't as good as maybe we all thought they would be? Yeah, well, part of it is that they're, the starting center, who was an all-SEC freshman player last year, Bryce Foster, hasn't played yet this year. He was a he missed all of spring ball because he's an all-American level shot put and discus thrower in, in track and field. So he was chasing a national championship in the spring and then missed quite a bit of camp and then came down with something and we're, you know, we're not sure. He hasn't called it an injury. They called it an illness originally before the first game, but he hasn't played at all yet. And then in the first game of the year, they rotated Layden Robinson, who's their other sort of all-American level offensive lineman, in and out of the lineup. He didn't play much during camp either, so they sort of seemed like they were working those guys. There's just not a lot of stability happening right now in the offensive line, and that's, that's really hurt A&M so far this year for sure. Let's talk about the the quarterback. Uh, Haynes King, I guess, you know, to the naked eye, has not looked all that impressive through these first two games. I mean, he had the two nice deep throws for touchdowns against Sam Houston. But, I mean, you look at it on paper, Joey, Sam Houston and App State, you'd expect these would be big stat filler games right. for him, and they were not. What's going on there with Haynes King? Yeah, that, it's hard to really know. I mean, it's only his second and third, you know, full games as a, as a college quarterback. So it's hard to judge too much. But at the same time, like, he just doesn't – he never really looks comfortable at this point, and maybe that's the instability on the offensive line like we talked about a minute ago. But they're just he, – he seems very frantic right now. Like, he's trying to rush through his decisions and rush through his process. And because of that, it, it seems like he's trying to almost be too perfect instead of just playing. And we saw it, you know, even – they ran a simple read option that like every middle school football team in Texas runs this play at this point. And he just held the ball in Devon A. Chain's gut, like for two or three seconds, all the way down to the line of scrimmage. And then at the last second tried to pull it and got tangled up with A. Chain and they both fell down. And it's like, just make a decision and just play. And it, it, you know, who knows what happens if he pulls the ball there quick or if he gives the ball to A. Chain and lets him go. But Either way, nothing was able to happen because he just hesitated too much trying to be too perfect. I love to see how teams respond to adversity. And, man, no no better spot here with Miami, a ranked Miami team coming to town. And we already heard the the disrespect a little bit from a a spot of college game day was coming. If if A&M handles their business and they're still a top-10 team, they're hosting college game day this weekend with a big matchup against Miami. Instead, App State beats you. College game day now goes to Boone, North Carolina to go cover App State and not cover your game. That said, you can maybe use the disrespect card a little bit. And, I mean, I almost think like – and you tell me if I'm wrong here – 
I think we're going to see a more inspired effort this weekend, knowing this is a ranked team of Miami coming in. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think you have to. And, you know, they asked Jimbo Fisher in the media session today, like, do you consider making a change at quarterback? And his response was, you know, at this point, we'll consider anything and everything. Because he knows that, like you said earlier, it's not getting any easier. Um, they've got Miami and then followed up with Arkansas, Mississippi State, and then Alabama. So they could really easily be staring, you know, one and five or two and four in the face here over the course of the next month. So they know they've got to get this right. They know that – and the visitor list for the recruits that are going to be in town for, I think the top three wide receivers in the 23 class, the top four wide receivers in the 24 class are all going to be there. Plus, uh, you know, Tony Mitchell's going to be there. A whole bunch of other guys are going to be there. Um, And so there's going to be a lot placed on this game, both internally and externally. They're going to have to come out inspired and ready to play. And you just hope at this point that you sort of get the set, whatever it is, whether it's a change at quarterback or, uh, a different mentality from the quarterback. You just sort of let them settle into the game and let their talent sort of play out throughout the course of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Max Johnson played played some really nice ball for LSU at times last year, and, and you know, at times maybe held the ball a little bit too long at times. But man, when he delivered, he delivered down the field and and could hit the receivers. And so I almost wonder if you do give him a look. But man, the experiment is over, right? This is Miami coming yeah. in. You can't just like, well, let's try him for a quarter and see how it goes. Uh, I want to ask you about the recruiting. I mean, obviously, look, they they you know, as advertised, the number one recruiting class in the country. We saw a lot of the young guys mixed in, particularly at Sam Houston game. I know they got a lot of freshmen in there, but, you know, Evan Stewart has looked the part. Obviously, he's been really good at the receiver, although they haven't been able to give him the ball a whole lot. But what have you made of some of the true freshmen that have come in in this recruiting class and what you've seen out of them so far? I think the most impressive guy is Levius Overton, LT Overton, who should still be in high school right now. He reclassified from the 23 class to the 2022 class late. And he has been the freshman who on the defensive line has played the most snaps. So this dude should still be a high school uh, senior and is playing a ton of snaps in the defensive line rotation for A&M. So that's just super impressive. They've gotten several of the defensive backs in the games as well. And they've, you know, they've held their own. The defense has been good. So it, it hasn't been a defensive problem. And like you said, Evan Stewart's been good. Chris Marshall showed up in the first game, and, you know, he was open for another reception uh, this week that would have been a big play that Haynes Keene couldn't hit him on. The, so far, the freshmen have been sort of as advertised when they've gotten opportunities. There, there's definitely some growing to do, though, and some, some getting used to sort of the big lights of playing in, in Kyle Field, and especially, you know, coming up this weekend is going to be uh, quite the show. Yeah, I just look. I mean, this next two week stretch. I mean, you get you get the big one against Miami. I mean, again, still non conference. So in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. You know, even if they lose this game, they still could run the table, win the SEC West, and play right. for everything they want to play for. But that said, the week after this, the neutral game against Arkansas, which man. Arkansas has been clicking at all cylinders. Nice wins right. over South Carolina and Cincinnati through the first two weeks. I mean, is it as simple to say, like, okay, this team still has everything they have in front of them, but, man, it's hard to look at this team as currently, you know, how they've looked so far and be optimistic about it. Right, absolutely. And I think it's the clock is ticking. You said the experiment's over, right? Like, after Sam Houston, you know, they didn't play as well as you'd want, them to see, want to see them play against that level of an opponent. But they shut them out and won 31 to nothing. Okay, let's move on to the next week, have a good game against Appalachian State, and we're ready to roll. And then all of a sudden, the middle part of that plan falls, you know, the, the floor falls out from under that. And so now you're looking at this thing going, we got to get this figured out. We got to get it figured out fast. Uh, because, like you said, there's, you know, 
Arkansas is coming up in whatever, 10 or 11 days, and it's going to be uh, on a neutral site. Arkansas is playing really well. We know how that matchup went last year. And so it, it's not going to be easy for a for sure. All right, last thing for you, Joey, and be completely honest. Last Saturday, were you rooting for Bama or Texas? Oh, I was rooting for Bama. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, look, you know, sometimes we're Team SEC, but Bama's been so dominant. Sometimes it's good for the rest of the SEC if they lose, right? People want to see them take the loss. But, yeah, with the uh, – you'll never root for the orange. Yeah, yeah Pre- burnover. Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> Joey, uh, let our listeners know where they can uh, find you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes, um, and then you can find the show at Locked on Aggies and Locked on Aggies on YouTube there too. Joey, thanks so much for the time, man. I'm sure we'll be talking very soon, and uh, here's hoping things get better for the Aggies and not worse, all right? Absolutely, Chris. Thanks so much. All right, that's Joey Ikes there of Locked on Aggies. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to switch gears, talk a little bit about the team that is doing very well right now, and that's the 2-0 Kentucky Wildcats. We're going to talk with our buddy Lance Daw, host of Locked on Kentucky, about that. And we'll also get a little bit of thought from him on the Auburn-Penn State game as he follows Auburn very closely as well. That's coming up in just a second right here on Locked on SEC. Right along here, Locked on SEC, and we just talked about some of the bad going on with our buddy Joey Ikes, host of Locked on Aggies. Let's talk about some of the good in the SEC, and that is the Kentucky Wildcats, who are just coming off a fantastic uh, win down in the swamp over the Florida Gators, and they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Join us now to talk all things about the Kentucky Wildcats. This is our buddy Lance Daw, host of uh, Locked on Kentucky. Lance, let's start here. How surprised were you by the Wildcats' performance uh, down in the swamp? Well, I'm going to be honest, Chris. I was genuinely shocked that Kentucky was able to not just pull this off, but pull this off by double digits. Brandon Olson, host of Locked On Gators, he and I had a crossover episode last week breaking this game down. And leading into this season, I was fairly confident in the Wildcats' offensive line. Even though they had some departures, I was expecting that unit to kind of rebuild, reload, and just kind of be solid this season. After week one, I was singing a different tune. Brandon Olson and I were sitting there saying, man, we don't know if Kentucky's O-line can really get it done in this game. And they went out there. They were shaky to begin the game, but they started to gel on the field as the game continued to go on, something that was really interesting to watch. Kentucky was able to handle themselves on offense, but it was really, for me, the defense that was – The most impressive thing, bottling up Anthony Richardson, everybody and their mother was hyping this guy up heading into this game, heading into this season, to be honest with you. And something that I told Brandon is I don't really know if Kentucky's going to pull this one out, but if they do, I would not be surprised to see Anthony Richardson struggle and got to see that two interceptions for Richardson, 14 of 35 on the day, if I'm not mistaken, overall as as a passer. But Kentucky, very, very sound on defense at all three levels didn't necessarily do anything impressive in terms of getting to the quarterback or doing anything crazy. I know they had that one pick six that Keydron Smith had really, really nice play miscommunication. It looked like between Richardson and the receiver, but it was just sound. It was just really, really sound. And that's kind of what you've expected from Kentucky leading up to uh, leading up to this point. So yes, it did surprise me, but after seeing the product that they put out there, it wasn't anything that we haven't really seen uh, differently from Mark Stoops. This has just kind of been his MO. It, it was a very Mark Stoops win. Did your opinion on Will Levis change a, a, at all? I mean, I thought it was gutty. He took some hits in that first half, but, you know, I think he's 
uh, you know, as a passer, man, they're, they're really got some options for Tavion Robinson, the transfer from Virginia Tech, and now uh, Dane Key really making a name for himself, a freshman of the week in the SEC. What you think of Will Levis's performance? Well, heading into this season, you know, there are a lot of different people out there that are really, really high on this guy and what he could potentially do for the Wildcats and what he could do in the pro game. I've kind of tried to tell people that are listening to my podcast to maybe tamper their expectations, even though I think the athleticism and the arm strength is certainly there. You really have seen his footwork and his decision-making come along as this as his progression as a Wildcat has just kind of continued along. I liked what I saw out of him, especially on that long pass to Dane Key. His opin- My opinion on him hasn't really changed. I think he's good for maybe one or two mistakes a game, but overall, he's a solid quarterback. I think he's got those intangibles that will translate well to the next level. I like what he's doing with this passing offense, I said, heading into this game. Actually, I said it back in July that Florida in this matchup specifically is going to try and take away Tavion Robinson and force Kentucky and Will Levis to find different receivers uh, in this matchup. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, Tavion Robinson only had one catch in this game. Dane Key was the leading receiver, had that 55-yard touchdown. That was really, really nice. Mark Stoops said it at SEC Media Days. We've been talking about it leading up to this season. While they may be inexperienced, and they may be raw. This is the most talented receiver room he has had with the Wildcats thus far. And we really got to see that with Dane Key. Barry and Brown is another guy that had a really solid outing. But also, maybe get a lackluster performance from Tavion Robinson. Or maybe not even necessarily lackluster. The opposing defense just kind of shuts him down. Kentucky's not only got options in the receiving court that are young but also talented. They've got options at tight end. And I mean several options at tight end. I know that there are a couple of teams in this league, Georgia, Auburn, that go really, really deep at that position. I think people are sleeping on Kentucky's tight end position, not just as, you know, a bunch of blockers out there that are trying to establish the run, but they've got some pass catchers out there for sure. Let's just assume they're going to get two wins next, Lance, against Youngstown State and Northern Illinois. The next big test after this, and I don't know if we can give a free pass, right? I mean, Notre Dame lost to Marshall, but uh, the next big, big test is going to be going to Ole Miss on October 1st, and the good news that just came out this week, Chris Rodriguez is going to be back for that game. Um, I mean, how big is that in getting him back for the start of a, a really tough SEC slate? It was one of my takeaways from this Florida victory is that Kentucky has proven that they can win without Chris Rodriguez, the star running back for now. And I think you have to look at these road games, specifically that Ole Miss game in week five is one of those examples where I think Kentucky is going to need to find some sort of offensive balance uh, if they're going to come out with victories consistently on the road. That game in Oxford is shaping up to be something really, really special. And if Chris Rodriguez is back for that game, it's going to be really, really big for Will Levis to not have to throw it. Because think about this scenario, and this is something that I was saying in the Florida game. Let's say Kentucky finds themselves getting down in a hostile environment, on the road. We've seen Will Levis turn the ball over on the road at a couple different times at Kentucky last season. Do we trust him consistently with these young receivers to make big plays? Obviously, we got to see the, uh, the passing game makes make some big plays, but I wouldn't trust him to do that for an entire season. I wouldn't trust any quarterback, to be honest with you, to do that for an entire season. Having balance to the run game, having Chris Rodriguez back is going to be really, really big, not just for this game in Oxford, but it's going to be for really big for games against Tennessee against Missouri. I know that a lot of people are counting that that's a game that's just not a gimme. You're going to have a really big home game against Georgia, second to last game of the season before you play Louisville. There are certain matchups here where Kentucky's going to need him back. Very, very thankful to have him back, especially for what could be a top 15 showdown in Oxford, Mississippi. 
One more for you, Lance. We're talking to Lance Daw, host of Locked On Kentucky. I know you cover the SEC as a whole. I know you have ties close to Auburn as well. A quick thought on Auburn hosting Penn State this Saturday. What do you make of how Auburn has looked so far? Not super impressive, though they are 2-0. Concerned, excited. Where are you on Auburn heading into this game? I've gotten the opportunity to get a little time at practice seeing these quarterbacks play out throughout fall camp. And the vibe, not just from me, but from a lot of people watching this, the same thing, it's just not there. The, the consistency is just simply not there. We've gotten to see that through the first two games with TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. Brian Harson confident in a dual quarterback system there down on the plains. I don't through two games we've gotten to see Robbie Ashford come in and rip off some big runs he's definitely a mobile quarterback but I think it messes up the rhythm of the offense and I'm not quite sure how it's going to pan out it's just a weird weird season so far for the Auburn Tigers not like you said not particularly impressive through their first two games in fact you would I think a lot of people would argue that it looked like they got worse uh, in, in that San Jose State game Penn State coming to town you know, they do a lot of things really, really well that Auburn may potentially struggle against, specifically the passing game. How does Auburn's secondary look against a, a quarterback that absolutely destroyed Auburn last season? I mean, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Clifford was 28 of 32 uh, in Happy Valley last year, and Auburn secondary does not look like it is improved, especially with the loss of Roger McCreary. So it's going to be a tough out if I had to pick, I would pick Penn State by double digits. I just simply don't think Auburn has enough offensive firepower. I know they've got a good defensive line, and sending pressure may cause problems for Sean Clifford and company, but I, I see Penn State going out there, throwing the ball a lot, and getting it done. He is Lance Daw, host of Locked on Kentucky. Lance, thanks for the time, man. We'll uh, talk to you very soon, particularly if uh, you know Kentucky continues winning, and maybe if Auburn goes downhill, we'll get you on to talk about that as well. Thanks for the time, man. <laughs> Yes, sir. Absolutely. Appreciate it. All right. Then Lance Daw there. We appreciate him uh, jumping on with us. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, thanks for listening and subscribing. If you haven't done so, check us out on YouTube as well for the video version of the show. And, of course, we're here for you five days a week talking all things SEC football. Again, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Now you go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. Check out Lance, Locked On Kentucky. Check out Joey Ikes, Locked On Aggies. Plenty of conversation all around covering all your favorite teams. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.